Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, March the 17th in 2022 on When I Rise, St. Paddy's Day. Happy St. Paddy's Day, folks out there, wherever you find yourselves today. Hope that it's a good day for you. Today, we still find ourselves in year C and the third Sunday of Lent. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary for this week in the church calendar year. And so we find ourselves in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So we were in 1 Corinthians for a couple of weeks. Then we went to 2 Corinthians and Philippians. Now we're back to 1 Corinthians. We're actually going to go a little bit further backwards in the book. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. So let me read that passage. We've got a couple points for reflection. And then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-13 through 13. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and we were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were all drinking from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. But God was not pleased with most of them, for they were cut down in the wilderness. These things happened as examples for us so that we will not crave evil things as they did. So do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And let us not be immoral as some of them were, as 23,000 died in a single day. And let us not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by snakes. And do not complain as some of them did as they were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples written for our instruction on whom the ends of the ages have come so let the one who thinks he is standing be careful that he does not fall no trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others and god is faithful he will not let you be tried beyond what you're able to bear but with the trial you are also he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it this is the word of god for us One of the questions that the New Testament writers seem to be grappling with, either right in the forefront of their literature or in the background, is what do we do with the story of Israel? Uh, It's a long and complicated story. If you've read through the Old Testament, you know the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns. But when we get to the New Testament, I mean, Jesus is Jewish. Uh, The first followers of Jesus are Jewish. But then people who are outside the Jewish community, Jewish family, begin to put their trust in Christ. And so this question emerges again and again. What do we do with that Old Testament story? Is it replaced by now a new story? Um, Do those who are outside the Jewish people, do they need to become natural Jews in order to be Christians? And of course, that argument comes to a fever pitch and is discussed out in the open in Acts chapter 15. And the ramifications of that one meeting are applied for the rest of the book of Acts. We do see it in some critical places, like in the book of Galatians and in the book of Ephesians. This is grappling with the question of how do we make this whole complicated story work out? Like how do we how do Jews and Gentiles dwell together in unity in one family? And so here Paul uses the Jewish story as a teaching mechanism and tool for those in the Corinthian church. We know that the church in Corinth has several different struggles. 
The one that Paul wants to address here, and it's probably the, the, the heart of the issue for the Israelite uh, from the very beginning, is the issue of idolatry. That was uh, what some many would think is the the very basis or the very foundation for all, all other sins of the faith. Now, some think it's pride, choosing one's way one one's way over uh, the way of God. But it seems like if we're image-bearing creatures, as Genesis 1, 2, and 3 prescribe us to be, and if our chief vocation is to worship God and then to reflect His image into the world, it seems like what makes that whole enterprise go awry is to begin to worship other things. Now, that might include the worshiping of self, which is the pinnacle of pride. But at the very heart of it, it seems like if human beings, if we see like a some sort of a deviation from our true calling. It's that we can trace it all the way back to this idea of worshiping something else than the creator God himself. And so Paul says, this is what happens when you become an idolater. Uh, you begin to go through all the struggles and all the pitfalls of that wilderness community of the people who came up out of Egypt before they got into the promised land. And so he uses many of the scenes, many of the episodes from the wilderness campaign as, as like a, a bit of a, a bit of a metaphor of what the Christian life is, and so he talks about how, in the positive way, that just as the people pass through the Red Sea, it's like baptism in our day. Just as food was provided for them when they were starving and they were in a place of destitution in the wilderness, God gave them spiritual food. The communion meal is that spiritual food for those who are in the believing people. But then he begins to talk about all the different things that they did, about they made a golden calf idol, and how many of them perished. Um, that there's some complaining and grumbling against God, as it says in verse 10, and a destroying angel came in among them. Um, then he talks about the, 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 the critical piece of a test. And I think it's, it's worth noting that God doesn't tempt us, as the scripture says, but at, at times God may test us. And so Paul says that in the Christian life as well, there's going to be some of these um, appealing idols around us. And uh, we should avoid them, not just because they bring damage to our spiritual life, but also because it might be a test from God. But he says, I don't want you to be paralyzed in this idea of being tested by God. For he gives us this promise at the end in verse 13. It's one of those verses that we uh, learned in uh, youth group because it seems like we're always talking about all the time uh, temptation in our lives as early Christians in our middle school and high school years. And so there's this interesting promise at the very end of this passage that says that no trial has overtaken you that has not been faced by others. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tried beyond we are able to bear. But with the trial will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. So Paul threads an interesting needle here. He says there's going to be trials in your life, but you're going to be able to overcome them. And God's not going to give you trial that's more than you can bear. Now, it may push you all the way to the edge. But it's not something that's going to, you're going to crumble underneath. And so when investigating, okay, if I have a trial or temptation here, if the temptation is something that's crumbling us, Paul would say that's a temptation from another source, maybe the evil one, maybe just from sinful flesh in our lives. But if it's a trial, something that's really challenging us, it is pushing us to the edge. This is also the way in God, the way in which God grows his people from time to time. And so he, he puts within this interesting ecosystem of the believer he says um, the people of israel in the wilderness they they had trials and that trial was those, those things were destined to try to teach them so they could be prepared to be god's people when they inhabited the promised land 
Don't be overwhelmed by the temptations in your life. And by all means, don't be a person who's idolatry because that's when things go awry in the Christian life. And so here's the deal, man. Like we're going to wake up today and we're in the season of Lent where we're going to allow ourselves to be investigated further, uh, to this deeper reflection and introspection of the things that are going on in our life. There's going to perhaps be a chance that we're going to be tested by God today. And there's other times we're going to be tempted by another source today. So as we allow our souls to rise and meet God this morning, we ask God for discernment. We need to ask God for wisdom. And we also need to ask God for strength, leaning on the promise from verse 13. But he's not going to lead us into a test that's going to overwhelm us or have us to crumble underneath its weight. But he's also going to give us a way to stand up underneath it that will strengthen us for the road ahead in our Christian life. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we confess to you that you're the good, holy God, the one who forgives and sustains, who redeems us, and you transform us into the image of your Son. God, we also confess today that we are tempted and tried. Uh, we understand that some of those temptations, well, the temptations come from another source, but sometimes testing comes from you. God, we understand that we inhabit a world that is both broken and being redeemed from the middle of all of its mess. So God... Uh, hear our hearts this morning and see our minds as we just confess to you that oftentimes it's hard to ascertain what we should do in very thorny and complicated situations. God, we lift high your name today and we say that you're the God who never has left us nor have you forsaken us. You'll be with us today. God, it's our heart's desire to be faithful to you and to be righteous. Um, you tell us in your word that if we want to live like, if we claim to live in Jesus, we must walk as Jesus did. And we know that Jesus walked in obedience and in love for you. So that's our heart's desire today, God, is to be in love with you and to walk in obedience. So God, help us in a time of temptation to resist it. And we pray that temptation and its sources would be scattered from our lives. When we're tested, I pray that you would sustain us, that you would comfort us in the middle, midst of the trial, that you would teach us that it's building us up, it's strengthening us for the season ahead in our Christian faith. And so God, today we pray that you would sustain us, that you'd be with us because we know that your nearness is to, for us is our good. So be good to us today, God. Be with us as, as we walk this day. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.